Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Sewing Hope. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you and I am so glad you've joined us for our second video podcast. Again, we are starting to do these on video if you're listening to them on audio. So you can head over to our YouTube channel if you haven't yet uh, subscribed to our YouTube. Go to Patchwork Heart Ministry on YouTube and click subscribe. You can watch both Ann and myself, uh, our faces now on YouTube. So check it out. And as always, speaking of Ann, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Ann DeSantis. Ann, how are you this evening? I'm doing great. It's good to be here with you and with everybody here to talk about our 10 ways to grow in faith. This is a 10 part series with Bill and I on the Sewing Hope podcast. So make sure that you keep an eye, not only for this episode, but for the, the other nine that we're going to talk about 10 ways that you can grow in your faith. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk with you on, on this series about growing in faith. And I just want to mention and quickly shout out that I know it was your anniversary on our last episode, and tonight it is my anniversary on my hey. episode. Uh, so we both uh, get our anniversaries covered. Uh, I wish a very happy anniversary to my wife, Agnes, and of course, um, our little fruit of that marriage, uh, Elvin Francisco. <laughs> so uh, it, it's beautiful. We've we're, we're only been married two years, Anne, but uh, it's still beautiful nonetheless. Uh, oh, it is. And I know tonight we're going to talk about surrendering to God. Uh, which is uh, kind of one of those ways we can grow in holiness. And honestly, there's not a whole lot of surrendering to God going on in our society right now, I don't think. So this is a good topic to talk about. <laughs> it really is. And I think it's a good uh, beginning topic for 10 ways to grow in faith, because when you think about growing in faith, unless you surrender yourself to your situation, to your circumstance in a positive way, uh, but to God, and that's what we're going to talk about during this podcast. And I'm going to refer to an article that I just found on, on online called Six Keys to Fully Surrender from Integrated Catholic Life. And it's, it's six keys to fully surrender to Christ. Um, so 
look, you can refer to that article at integratedcatholic.org. And we're going to talk about those six ways on this podcast to surrendering. But of course, this is part of a 10-part series. Um, I think the first way, Bill, that we can surrender ourselves is first just to recognize Christ in your life and recognize him for what he's done for you personally. Um, and, and I think the first way to do that is just to ask yourself, who is Jesus and what does it all mean? And I think that's a, a good place to start. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. And I think that, um, you know, when we understand who Jesus is, I, I always say this, uh, especially often I find myself saying this in ministry, uh, that either Jesus is who he says he is, which is Lord, Messiah, friend, redeemer, you know, and unless he either is those things or he isn't. I think there's a book out there called, uh, you know, uh, lunatic liar or Lord or lunatic, Lord liar or lunatic. And, and, and it's just about that, you know, is, is Jesus one of those things? And if he is the Messiah, if he is the Messiah and he is the Lord, then everything else seems to fall into place, right? Like, like it's either Jesus is who he says he is or he's not. It's one of those two things. And it's, and it's not a whole lot of gray area in between. He either is the Messiah, he either is the Lord, he either is God, or he isn't. And if you decide that he is, then it changes everything in your life. And I think, I think for a lot of us, you know, living in America today, and with the current cultural climate that we find ourselves in, and there's a lot of well, Jesus is this to me, but he's not this to you. And he's like, all of a sudden, Jesus has become this relative figure and we get to decide who Jesus is. Well, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but we don't get to do that with any other person. Like I don't get to decide who you are, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so Jesus is the one that decides who he is. And if he is the Lord and he is who he says he is, it should change absolutely everything. Um, and I know that even Jesus uh, asks it in the gospel, right? He asks it in the gospel. Who do you say that I am? And he's asking each and every one of us that question too. Yeah, thank you for articulating that so well. And from that same article that I referred to, which is at integratedcatholic.org, uh, it says here that the message should become clear. The trials and sufferings to come are necessary, but should not diminish or shake their faith for the glory of the resurrection awaits him after the cross. It is also it also awaits us, those who remain in his love to the end. And there's a Bible quote coming here. It says, um, for he is our God. And as St. Paul tells us, we are, are his fellow heirs. And then the, the quote is the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if only we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. And I want to give you that Bible quote. It's from Romans 8, 16 to 17. And I think that gives us a lot of hope because let's face it, there's so much suffering in the world. But, you know, Christ is with us through it all, through the good times and the bad. And we live in a world where there's so much glorification of sort of happiness and external beauty and external happiness but really when it comes down to it is that when we can unite those sufferings with christ there's so much more in store for us not only for right now but mostly for later on and so i didn't know if you had anything to say about that bill yeah you know i think that that quote that you uh, mentioned from romans again it's chapter 8 verses six, 16 and 17 i think what you uh you know really talk about with that suffering as you kind of highlighted that there's so many you know, so much happiness going on, you know, seeking the pleasure and all of this, um, you know, hedonism, to be quite honest. Uh, but that last little bit of that, if we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him, like we, we are called when, when, when Jesus declares, I am Lord, then he says, take up your cross and follow me. 
<laughs> like, and, and if you don't, um, you know, you're not going to be welcomed into everlasting life. Like you have to take up your cross and follow him. That means that we will encounter suffering. We will encounter pain. We will encounter these things as, as we go on. But that also acknowledges Jesus as Lord, because that is the way that he walked for our salvation. And we're, and we are acknowledging that we're acknowledging this is what Jesus wants me to do. And to be the reward is that we are glorified with, by him at, at the end of our lives and rewarded with everlasting life, heaven. And you see, but, but we don't, oftentimes, I think we want to skip from Holy Thursday to Easter Sunday without going through Good Friday and Holy Saturday. Like, we, we just want to skip. And it's our society. It's the promises of, um, you know, pleasure and all these things that say, yeah, you don't need this. You don't need this central action uh, of the suffering and the passion of, of Christ. You don't, you don't need that. You can just skip over that and, and enjoy all of these things, all these pleasures right here now. And that's, and that's not who Jesus is, and that's not what Jesus calls us to. He is the Messiah, and he calls us to take up our, our own crosses, our own sufferings, and follow him. So uh, I think that's a huge point to be able to say um, that, that Jesus uh, is, if he is who he says he is, and, and again, listen to those words, listeners, if he is who he says he is, then it should change everything about how you can grow in your faith um, and acknowledging that that he is truly Lord over your life, which means he's Lord over every aspect of your life. Yeah, Bill, well said. And there's so much to think about there because, you know, we can read about Christ in, in scripture and maybe he seems so far away because let's face it, it was over 2000 years ago. And you think, how can this human being, this, this God, how can he be close to me on this day here in 2021 when it's so many years ago? but it's still active, it's still live. And I'm gonna to refer to the transfiguration, which is also from the same article that I'm referring to. It says the glory of the tra transfigured Christ not only awaited him at his resurrection, it also awaits us at ours. And this understanding led St. Paul to proclaim, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are nothing compared with the glory to be revealed for us. And that's from Romans 8, 18. And if, if you haven't read Romans yet, I think it's such a great uh, chapter of the Bible because it talks so much about what awaits us in our sufferings, right? All the things that we go through um, during our lives that are such painful things. And we think, why am I going through all this? What's going to await me if I follow Christ? And as I'm going to repeat that phrase again from the Bible, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are nothing compared with the glory to be revealed for us. Um, what do you think about that, Bill? I think that's a beautiful reminder for all of us suffering in the trenches, carrying our crosses, right? Like we don't know what heaven is going to be like, but it's got to be better than this, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like, like it's got to be better than this. And that, that's the way I look at it oftentimes in, in my life especially when I'm struggling and I'm, and I'm burdened by my sin and, and everything else. And you're down on yourself. Like when you, when you look at that suffering, when you see it, when you, when you're looking at your own unworthiness and all of those things and just to be humble and to be aware and to say, God, I want to follow you. I want to make it through these sufferings. And I know that you're by my side. And I want something greater than this. You know, I, I often think that atheists and, and agnostics even um, don't, don't get that perspective. Because, you know, when you, when you just think of this fi life as finite, like there's nothing... 
why, why do we, why do we work our whole lives? Why do we uh, even, even, you know, get, get a job and, and work? Like, why do we do that? Why do we put ourselves through the suffering of, uh, of working to provide for ourselves and our families, you know, instead of just going out and stealing a bunch of money and going, living in a mountain somewhere? Like, wh why, why do we put ourselves through that? Because we want to have a life of, you know, retirement. We want to, you know, you know, at the end of our lives, look forward to something, you know, the next thing, right? So why, why would God, why would any human being come into existence just to go through the sufferings of this life and then there being absolutely nothing that follows that, just blackness, darkness, and like, I, I can't see that. Maybe that's my perspective. Maybe that's my perspective, but, but I just can't see that, that, that all of this is worth nothing. And so that's the reason why I love that quote from St. Paul that you read from Romans, because I consider the sufferings of this present time are, are as nothing compared with the glory to be revealed for us. Wow. Like all the stuff you're going through now, it's going to be these, these things are going to seem so small, all these little sufferings that you're going through. And the big things too, the big things, the cancer diagnoses, the strokes, the, um, you know, difficulties, the job loss, all the things that you're dealing with right now going to be gone. And it's going to seem like laughable at the end, right? You're going to be like, wow, I look back mm -hmm. at that and I go, oh my gosh, I made it through that. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Look, look how much better off I am right now. I'm, I'm with the Lord. I'm, I'm with Jesus. I, I'm with the guy who uh, is, is my Lord and my Savior. And how could I want anything more than, than just to be with him for all eternity? Mm, I love everything that you just said. And um, I'll probably go back and listen to it again. Because when you think about some of the things that we scratch our heads and say, why did this happen to somebody that I know? Why did this happen to myself? Why am I so sad about all these terrible things that happen? I think when we look at it in terms of eternity, okay? And I don't think it necessarily means that God is putting us through this, this test, but I do think that it is a fight between good and evil in the end is what it comes down to. So it's mm -hmm. not that God is saying, I want to put them through hell to prove some kind of point that makes no sense. It's right. not that. It's just that there is a fight between what is good and what is evil in our lives and in the, everybody's life, right? And so it comes down to this whole idea of surrendering. Now, I'm going to repeat again that this is part one of a 10-part podcast. And so when Bill and I were talking about what's going to be the first part of growing in faith, 10 ways, and you know what, Bill and I don't know what those 10 ways are yet. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, we're going to be presenting them point by point on these 10 podcasts, but we both agree that the first part of it is going to be the surrender, right? It's going to be that surrendering of ourselves and saying, you know what? God is a lot bigger than me. And I don't know all the answers of life and all the answers of why things happen and why we all go through all the stuff that we don't understand. But we do know that the first step is to surrendering to believing in Christ, believing in your faith, and realizing that it's a lot more than what we realize, okay? And so I'm referring to this beautiful article. I want to uh, thank the, the, the author of this article, um, which is Deacon Michael Bickerstaff um, from Integrated Catholic Life on Six Keys to Fully Surrender to Christ. So I can't take credit <laughs> for all these points, but I do want to give him credit. Um, the first key of those six keys is to meet the Lord in sacred scripture. And just to read a little bit of what uh, Deacon Michael has said is that the four gospels in the New Testament, as well as the entirety of the books of sacred scripture are available to our generation like never before. The cycles of readings for Sunday and daily masses provide the opportunity to hear nearly all the word proclaimed in the liturgical settings. Uh, the printed texts of the Bible are available to most of the literate world. They need to be read, not just with an academic approach, but also devotionally and prayerfully. Too often we become 
bogged down by losing sight of the context of the particular text and miss the larger picture. So on occasion, read an entire gospel as you would a novel and be astonished by the Lord. So let's unpack that first one, which is meet the Lord in sacred scripture. What do you think about that, Bill? I think it's important for us to read those four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And as much as we hear it again and again at mass all the time, I think it's important for us in surrendering to read the scriptures. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I reminded of a quote by uh, Deacon, or not Deacon, Father, uh, Larry Richards. Yes, and, love him. Uh, yeah, I love him too. And I had the opportunity when I was uh, living at Marytown, discerning priesthood, uh, he came and did a mission for Marytown and a lot of people. He was there for three nights and um, I, I got a chance to hang out with him and all of that. But what was so cool about what he, how he kicked off his whole mission was he kicked it off with this one sentence. He said, no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed. And that's something that always resonated with me. It's something that I still strive to do, uh, especially at this season in my life. But um, no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed. Meaning that, you know, we, you got to pick up the Bible first thing and last thing in your day. And uh, I, I also like uh, Deacon Bickerstaff's um, insight as well to read it prayerfully and devotionally as a novel, uh, like picking up a gospel and reading it like a novel. I remember a few years ago, I um, downloaded the Truth and Life audio Bible to my um, iPhone, and uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful audio, uh, dramatized audio read by some incredible actors and actresses. Um, and it's dramatized. It's got a full soundtrack underneath of it. Uh, and I remember every day they have these little uh, ways you can actually listen to the gospel being read like an audio book uh, to you, um, just like a novel. And it's, and it's beautiful. It draws you deep into the scripture. I, I listened to all four gospels back to back to back through um, throughout Lent. So they have like a 40 day plan. You can, you can listen to it and it will get you through the entire gospels as an audio. It's phenomenal. And, and you're right. You are astonished by the Lord. I used to listen to it, uh, you know, in the, in the morning, I, I'd put it on and as I'm like brushing my teeth and getting ready for uh, work and stuff like that, I would, I would listen to it as I'd lay in bed, I would listen to it. Uh, so again, this doesn't, um, you know, have to be, um, you can be creative with how you consume the gospel. In fact, there's even a word in the gospel that says, um, you know, faith comes to us by hearing. Faith comes to us by hearing. And so uh, not just reading. So, you know, when we think about how the gospels were presented, they were often read, right, or, or spoken out. So, um, you know, you know, in, in large groups in the early church. So, um, you know, finding yourself a good audio Bible and listening to the will, will astonish you. It will astonish you by the amazing work that the Lord has done, um, you know, just through Holy Scripture, that it's living and that it's effective and that it's um, a, a beautiful way to, to grow in holiness. Um, you know, and, and you don't have to feel like, okay, so I, okay I've got to do this whole big chunk too. Pick a few verses, right? Listen to a few verses. Um, there's that other app out there called Hollow, right? Hollow's got some yes. amazing audio content too, where they, where they pick and choose different night prayers and evening prayers and find something that you can do devotionally with a little bit of scripture in, in there. And you will be blown away by what the Lord can do. I mean, almost every time I open the Bible, um, you know, I, I, I find that, that uh, I am blown away and astonished by, by God. Yeah. Thank you for sharing so much and so, so many valuable uh, thoughts there, Bill. Because meeting the Lord in sacred scripture, which is the first one in surrendering here from this article, um, I do think that that is an important thing because this isn't something that we just think up on our own. We're looking and meditating on the life of Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Paschal mystery. So that's what it comes down to, that it's real stuff and it's important and you got to go to that Bible 
And there's so many great resources, like you mentioned. Uh, the second one is to imitate the Lord in his humility. I think that's an important thing. And you and I, Bill, did that whole series on the Beatitudes and on uh, learning the virtues too. And it says here that our God is a source of all glory. Jesus is God and Jesus always possesses God's glory, yet he chose not to rely upon his own divinity as the God-man. Jesus went about his work. He first walked his path that he asked each of us to walk, a path of joy, but not only devoid of hardship, we are instructed by Jesus to take up the cross and follow him wherever he may lead. He not only taught of the glory to come for us, he gave us a glimpse of it, um, first in his transfiguration and then in his resurrection and finally in the assumption of Mary. I'll stop there and I know I'm reading, I'm, I'm referring here, but I think there's a lot of good stuff um, from this source that I'm looking at um, from Integrated Catholic. So let's talk about the humility bill because I think that's a second piece for our surrendering. Yeah, um, you know, it, I think humility is one of those things that, um, is hard to find. And I know I struggle with it. It's, um, we, we all struggle, I think, especially in today's society, because society drives you to be the best, right? Mm -hmm. And like, it's like, oh, yeah, you, you have to be the best at this, you have to, I know, I've said this 1000s of times on the podcast before, but society wants you to follow this script right? You, you have to yeah. follow some script. You, you got to, you know, have, you know, a college degree and you have to have, uh, you know, master's degrees and you have to be like that. What? Like Jesus isn't talking about following some, some script. Yes. We are, we are called to do things for our family. We're called to, uh, you know, educate ourselves, understand, um, how, how God um, relates to the world and how he relates to us, but we aren't called to go overboard. And at, at the end of your life, you know, you're not going to see all of the awards in heaven that you've won. You know, like I, I think about all the, all the times that these athletes walk around holding up the stanley cup i'll never forget it a few years ago i was watching the stanley cup um and it was like the first game of of the new season and and the 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 team that had that had won the stanley cup they brought it down into the arena right they brought it down onto the ice through the arena and all the people are reaching out touching you know the I, as it's going through the stadium, it's touching the Stanley Cup. They're like worshiping this golden calf of the Stanley Cup. And it gets down there, all the players are kissing it and they're, you know, hugging it and everything. And, and, and I couldn't help but have this flash to the time when I was at the Steubenville Youth Conference as a teenager and they had brought the monstrance, they had brought Jesus through the crowd in a Eucharistic procession like that. And there were thousands and hundreds of us, um, you know, reaching out for the monstrance, right? We were reaching out for Jesus. And I just thought to myself, man, what, what are they missing? Now? They're, you know, they're, they're looking for, <laughs> they, they're, they're, they're celebrating this stand, this, this empty cup, this empty piece of silver, right? Like, why, why, why can't we worship Christ like that? And, and I think that begins with humility. Like, like, I think that begins with humility, not, not worrying about all these worldly accolades, you know, how, how empty is it at the end of our life? If, if we say, man, I've won 12 Stanley cups mm. or, or, um, and man, aren't I, aren't I a great hockey player or, you know, even, even people like, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, who's won what six NBA championships, you sit there and you go, Wow. Congratulations. I, I, I'm like, well, how about just six great days of, of prayer or six great uh, acts of service in your life that truly change another person? Like, 
that's where I go with it. You know, like, like and, and having humility to recognize and to follow Christ and not be worried about all the worldly accolades, all the worldly stuff. Because in the end, it absolutely means nothing. They're not going to, they, y- you might convince them to dump a Stanley Cup or a, or a championship ring inside your casket, but it's not going to follow you to heaven. So it's not like you're going to be wearing the, you know, the uh, ring on your finger as you head up to heaven. God's going to be, uh, that's, that was left there back in the casket, dude, uh, six feet under, you know. Um, so I think just being humble and recognizing uh, that you don't have to have all this worldly status. Um, you don't have to, you don't have to win a bunch of Oscars or a bunch of daytime Emmys um, to, to, um, to have a life of faith and grow in faith. Yeah, well said. And I think you made some really good points, especially when it comes to like our society and sort of this whole idea of going to school, doing well, going to college, maybe getting a master's degree, getting married, having this many kids, whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, part of that is vocation. And that is important, finding your vocation in life, whether that be a single life, married life, or a religious life, whatever it is. Um, So that piece is important. But the whole competitive aspect of things um, is a really, really bad, bad thing when it comes to surrendering your life to God. Because, you know, I don't know about you, Bill, you have a little one who's now a few months old, and I have two girls that are in their 20s. And I saw it from a young age, watching their lives, being around people that were competing with one another when your kid was like, what age they walked at, how old were they when they said their first word? And then it was when they were in kindergarten and how they performed there. And then it went on to grade school and then the competitiveness with different sports or with girls, it could be something to do with like how pretty this girl is or how many friends she has. I mean, I'm bringing up things that, you know, there's all different scenarios. These are just some. Um, And then it goes into the college, you know, people who get too more worried about what college their kid is going to get into but it's this specific college. It has to be Penn State or it has to be this school. And the kid has to go to school for this and has to make this much money. You know what? These are all, you know, it's fine that we want to provide for our families. It's fine that we want for them to have a roof over their head and to be um, cared for and be able to be successful. But you know what the most important thing really is, is that are they living a good beautiful life for God, in service to God, grateful to God, and not competitive with other human beings that is so prevalent in our world. Yeah. Uh, personally, I think it's not a good thing. And, and you see so much of it. Now I'm going to bring up a topic, Bill, that I know you understand, and we've talked about this before. Um, there's even a competitive nature, even in Catholic ministry, I hate to say it. Um, you know, Catholic ministry is meant that we all work together to trying to bring people to Christ. It's not to say that how many followers does somebody have on their podcast, they have more people, um, that all the kids, all the young people like this podcast better than that one, or, you know, it's what it comes down to, it's the message that's being taught, okay? We're all in this together, okay? We are all in this together in Catholic ministry. In whatever we're trying to do for Christ, it's not to say that this ministry is better than this other one. I don't know, Bill, if you have anything to say on that. I think actually, and it leads perfectly into the next key. It's <laughs> 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 really what I think it does, because uh, it, it's talking about service uh, and serving yeah. is really where it comes to, right? Like, I think that that for, for us to, you know, surrender to God, I think you're talking exactly about serving others and not worrying about our like popularity, popularity. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. especially in Catholic ministry, like, you know, again, God's not going to go, how many Instagram followers did you have? You know, and, and uh, yesterday I'm working on the website for Patrick Art ministry, like, you know, putting together 
you know, some different fonts and things because it's a little dated. And so I've been just touching it up a little bit here and there to make things look a little more inviting for people. And, and I can even fall in that trap of, am I doing this to really serve the other people that are going to be seeing this updates? Or am I doing it because I want to have, you know, 500 more followers, like, and, and I want my website to look like it's, you know, so you have to have that balance like is it going mm-hmm. to do what or or is it because i am doing it because i i want to be glorified it's not about me wanting to be glorified it's about the lord and more people coming to us and we, and we have to check ourselves on that and it's a daily check ourselves on it it's not just okay i'm going to check myself you know every once in a while no we got to daily say are we uh living in a way that's that, that that's humble and do we have humility uh and it's part of our life and let me tell you i i struggle with it and i think a lot of people do so so we can we can admit that and we can say, hey, we don't we're not perfect, but let's but that, it's a point to maybe just reflect on and, and bring back every day. Where was I too proud? Where was I, um, you know, too stuck on myself? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you, Bill, because the next point is and I'm, as I said, I'm still referring to this integrated is the number three is the imitation of the Lord and his service. It says the pot, the apostles witnessed the love and mercy, the undying compassion and tenderness of their God. As they accompany the Lord, he instructed them that they were to be servant leaders who placed others needs before their own. He de- demonstrated this by the way he cared for the downtrodden, the outcast, the sick and the forgotten. His ministry was one of healing and forgiveness as he revealed the love and mercy of his father and our heavenly father, to those he met, you know, I'm going to love this one, Bill, because what this says here about the outcast, the sick and the forgotten, uh, Bill, I think, you know, both of us are really into that part of ministry. Um, you know, I wrote the book, The Love and Care for the Marginalized, which is all about this. It's all about, you know, those people, you know, our job as Catholics and as Christians and as people of faith is to care about the people that everybody else forgets about. It's not to try to become this real popular Catholic that everybody likes and thinks is just just so wonderful and has all these followers. What it's about is the outcast, the sick and the forgotten. We can never forget that. That's such an important part of what it means to be Catholic. I I just hope, I mean, one of my life missions is that that message gets out there even more yeah, we need to remember that, Bill. I, I think you agree on that with me. Oh, absolutely. And I, I know we've talked about it quite a bit on the podcast, and we've really looked at different ways to serve others. Um, and certainly, your book is a great, great resource. Um, you know, so I do encourage people to uh, look Thank at you. it, love and care for the marginalized. Uh, you can always just go to andasantis.com to get it. But the the reality is, is that um, you know, our, our hearts change through service. And I was never one, I I'm not built physically with, especially with my disability to be able to go and like do a whole lot of heavy, like mission, like, okay, you're going to go do mission work and build homes and stuff like that. Like that's not, unfortunately my strength to be able to go do that. But I remember a few years ago, I had the opportunity to take a group of teenagers on a mission trip uh, called Alive in You. They're a wonderful organization. If you are a youth minister or a young adult minister out there, take a look at Alive in You. They're an amazing group uh, that does incredible work in the kingdom and help provide service opportunities for teenagers. Uh, but, but I went on one of these mission trips, and it was a beautiful, beautiful experience because uh, while, I, while I'm not physically um, you know, gifted, uh, the, the Lord kind of called me out into the water and to trust him. Right. Um, and, and there's this, uh, one beautiful soul. And we went to St. Louis, uh, for, for this mission trip. And, uh, and it stuck with me to this day. Um, her name was Charlotte and Charlotte, um, was a person who was severely disabled, uh, very elderly and her home was kind of dilapidated. And, um, at, at Charlotte's home, uh, she was having trouble throwing out the trash, and she would dr- just drop it down um, these outside stairs by her basement door. 
and uh, Charlotte had four cats. What was in that bag of of trash was cat used cat litter. Uh, you can imagine the smell of that, and it was piled, probably four hundred or five hundred bags mm. of of cat litter just stacked. This this was months months of 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 cat litter, maybe even a year of cat litter, just thrown down the outside basement stairs. The group of people I was with was all women. <laughs> I had taken uh, a group of women to do the service. And so the women were off um, doing some hedge trimming and stuff like that uh, to beautify her yard, a um, little bit lighter work. And I went down the stairs, ruined my entire pair of clothes, every, every cloth, piece of clothing that I had on. I was covered in kitty litter, used kitty litter from head to toe. But at, at the end of the day, after I had thrown away all of this and got it into a dumpster, um, I, I went up to Charlotte and I went into her home and I said, Charlotte, um, you know, we've cleaned this out, but I, I really like to create a solution for you so that this doesn't happen over and over and over again. I, I get it. I have my own disability. I've been through my own my own story i want to create a solution how about this and i presented her with a different solution i said i don't want you to lift too heavy i don't want you to you know and and she was like wow wow and and let me tell you i got so close to the lord in that service you know and this is not about you know bill bragging i always come home and i have to clean out the litter box here because we have a cat and i know you have a few too and and um but i but i always say to agnes i said there is no amount of cat, cat litter that I can clean up that will ever compare to the amount of cat litter that I cleaned up in St. Louis. <laughs> I always tell her that. Said, no matter how many times I clean out the litter box here, yeah. there's no amount that you, I, I, I can clean up our cat for the remainder of her lifetime and not throw out that much cat litter. Um, but, but there's something about it that has, you know, truly transformed me just in recognizing and, and, truly helping somebody in that situation. So I just encourage people who, um, who haven't served like that, the, you know, and, and I was, had a lot of trepidation for many years. I wasn't in my thirties until I did it. Um, you know, but, but take that opportunity to go and serve because it will unlock a part of your being that you just never thought you had. Um, and, and the Lord truly is there. He, he truly shows up and we imitate him, um, in ordinary circumstances, extraordinary things happen. So, uh, that's just my little story on service. And, and I hope, uh, it resonated with some of you. Oh, that was a big story. <laughs> that was a little story. I don't think I'm ever going to forget that one with the cat litter and what you did and, and the sacrifice. So thanks for sharing that. I just want to um, tail in what you said by a quote from this article. Again, and this one is on imitating the Lord in his service. It says that if we surrender to Christ in difficult times, we must imitate him in ordinary times, welcoming strangers, assisting those in need, whoever they are, and never turning our backs on our own. And I just want to bring up, um, and this is really part of my book, The, the Love and Care for the Marginalized, is that whole idea that marginalized people are really everywhere in our lives. They're not uh, people that we have to search real hard to find because sometimes they're our neighbors. They are people in our, home, in our homes. They're people in our extended families. They're yeah. people at church. They're people that we see at work. And they're also people that even on like a Zoom call that you might do with others where there's that quiet person doesn't say too much. So just keep an eye out because, you know, a lot of times marginalized people, and, and this is one of my quotes from the book, they're people who don't have the love and support that they deserve, okay? So they don't necessarily need to be materially poor, okay? Right. A lot of people think of homeless or people who are really like downtrodden, but sometimes marginalized people are people who just don't have the support or friendship. Um, they might have some support within their own home, but maybe not inside their church or their community. And then they feel that sense of alienation, which is 
uh, where we come in, where we can step in. Um, let me get to the next point then on our uh, six ways to surrender to Christ from this integrated Catholic uh, article is to be not afraid. That's the next one. It says surrender requires trust. He says to each of us to come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's from Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Bill, anything to say on that one about um, to be not afraid? Um, you know, I think that this one uh, is super short and super sweet, but super hard, <laughs> right? Um, yes. You know, we, we all, look, I think we encounter fear every moment in our lives. You know, I think there's, I think we are afraid, um, you know, a lot, especially in our society right now. I mean, there's a lot going on in the world. Um, and so we need to be strong and say, the Lord's got my back and it's not easy. That's not easy. You know, I mean, God's calling us to greatness. Now, I remember that quote from, um, you know, Pope Benedict, you know, right. When he, when he said that the, we're called to greatness, not, not to comfort, you know, you, you, you were, you were made for greatness, not for comfort. Right, the world promises you comfort, but you were you weren't made for comfort. You're made for greatness, and like greatness means that that you know we we have to put in, as we talked about earlier, the the sacrifice, right? Following Christ, um, taking up our cross and following Him, and so that's partly sacrifice, but uh, but we have to push through the fear. Um, and the the cool thing is is that when we surrender to God, which is what we're talking about today when we surrender to god it means that god we got a god who's behind us that never has uh failed us he's always got our back he's never going to fail you he's never going to let you down yeah i've never been let down once by god <laughs> never not once have i been let down by god so um you know be not be not afraid step out of the boat and onto the water out out to the un, out into the unknown, and it's hard to do, folks. But um, it's incredibly simple, incredibly challenging. Yeah, beautiful, Bill. Thank you. And I agree. I don't think God has ever let me down. I should say I know that He hasn't. And there's been times when I've questioned Him in my life. I don't think it's a bad thing to question God when you don't understand, because you know, unfortunately, in this world there is such a thing as sin. So we're always not going to understand that. And maybe it's better for us not to always question why certain things happen, because honestly, it's probably an evil force that we'll never really understand completely. Um, I do want to read another quote from St. Paul. It says, for I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor present things, nor future things, nor, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, which is from Romans 8. 38 to 39. So um, that's all included in that whole idea of not to be afraid. Just don't ever be afraid because uh, as hard as it is, God does have your back. And, you know, that's why we're here on this podcast too, because um, we're trying to relay these things to you so that what maybe doesn't seem understandable for you in your own life and things that you've been through, um, to know that you have friends here who care because we care, the church cares, and the church is a field hospital, and we're here for you. So that's what Bill and I are here on the Sewing Hope podcast. Now, the next point is to know yourself. And it says in the article that I have in front of me that practicing a daily examine to assess how well you live your life of faith, identify ways and examples in which you fail to surrender to Christ, look for the causes of these failures, failures and take active steps to modify the factors lead to failure. And I'll just stop there because we're still talking about uh, surrender and it's so important to know ourselves in that surrender. Yeah, hundred percent. And to, to know yourself uh, is, is really important. And I, I think even more so than know yourself, know yourself uh, from the angle that God sees you from, 
right? Try to try to look through the lens of God when he looks at you. Um, and and reflect on, I mean, because when we reflect on it through that way, we're able to see all of the good alongside all the bad, right? That 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 God loves us no matter what, and that we're always called to do better. You know, God, God, like a loving father, wants to push us to be the best version of ourselves to steal the line from Matthew Kelly. We are we are should be pushed by God to be the best version of ourselves. So what what is holding you back? Just like you know, Anne said, you know, look for the cause of the failure and take active steps to modify those factors. What are, what are those things? What is what is God calling you to work on? And He's calling you to work on it, not to have an instant fix overnight. You know, you you you, you you're not going to microwave the pot pie and it just be done instantly. You know, this is not a microwave pot pie for a dollar at Walmart. We're, we're not talking about that. We're talking about working on something, baking it slowly, cooking it slowly. Uh, and so don't don't get so worried about, you know, your, you know, the fact that you have these idiosyncrasies or those little, um, you know, character defects and character flaws and, and those things. Right? Don't don't get yourself worked up about them. Just work on them slowly surrender surrender it to god give it to god say god help me do this and when you fall you just say god help me do this better next time and so i think that's an important part of surrender absolutely yeah thanks for sharing on that is it is important to know ourselves because we all we have a choice every day every moment really every circumstance whether between virtue and vice and i know that on the saint raymond and Otis foundation Nikki Kelly and I, the president of the foundation, are doing a podcast series on the cardinal virtues. So uh, keep an eye on that. That's also on Patchwork Heart Ministry, where we're talking about, um, you know, those choices that we have and how we react to people, how we react to circumstances, and how we can invite God into our habits, right? Because that's what it comes down to, is inviting God into those habits, let me go to the next point, which is six, the uniting to Christ in prayer and sacrament. Um, this is the sixth point of the article that I'm reading. It says, none of these keys will be effective without a life that embraces prayer and sacrament, frequent the sacrament of reconciliation guided by an honest and humble examine to remain in God's grace. I think that's so important, Bill, don't you? I mean, we're so lucky that we have something like the sacrament of confession because then we can take those mistakes, those sins, and we can get rid of those, right? Get into Christ and be united to Christ in prayer. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the greatest blessings about being Catholic is that we have the sacraments and they're an amazing gift to us. Um, if you haven't taken some time to celebrate the sacraments, celebrate the sacraments, go to mass, go to confession, go to the Eucharistic adoration, even that's celebrating the sacrament of the Eucharist, celebrate the Eucharist, celebrate confession regularly, regularly. Uh, it will change your life. And um, again, you don't have to start big. People think, oh, I got to start big and go to daily mass every day. Um, that's a beautiful thing if you can do it. But don't don't make that the you know don't don't try and bite off more than you can chew. Slowly bring yourself into it. I, I used to tell my students at you uh, in youth ministry. I used to tell them all the time. I said, you know, do you know this church is open? Do you know they're open? Like virtually all day. Many churches are open twenty four seven with Eucharistic adoration. A lot of them. So. Um, Stop in for five minutes on your way home from soccer practice and say, hello, Jesus. And I'm going home to do my homework. Will you help me out? I mean, that's literally what we can do, you know, uh, to celebrate the sacraments and to get close to the Eucharist. Um, it doesn't, doesn't have to be this, you know, daily mass every day if you're not that person yet. But I promise you, if you do five minutes a day, it's going to turn into an hour a week. 
And then it's going to turn into, you know, mass on Sundays, you know, faithfully, and it's going to turn into daily mass maybe and confession regularly. But don't bite off more than you can chew to start. And in prayer and sacrament, it's so important. So just start, start slowly. If you've been out of practice for a while and you're looking, oh my gosh, how do I get close to God? Um, you know, how do I surrender to him? Um, how do I grow in faith? I, I think, you know, stop in the church five minutes once a week on your way home from taking the kids to soccer practice. You'll be surprised at how much uh, good just comes from those five minutes. Yeah, thank you so much for bringing up Eucharistic adoration, because I think that in the combination of celebrating the sacraments, uh, confession, getting to mass, you know, I mean, we're just coming out of this thing called COVID, right? And and now I know in my area where I live in Philadelphia, that that dispensation has been lifted, meaning that now we are expected to try to get to that Sunday mass in person. Um, and so I want to encourage people listening that, you know, even if you're one of those people that you've been an online person now for about a year or so, and it's been hard to get back to just regular mass time, um, spending that time with God in person and receiving the sacrament is a really important thing to getting closer to God. And from this same article that I was talking about in Uniting to Christ in Prayer, it says that prayer is the time spent in the presence of God. Prayer is time spent um, that wherever you are, it is natural and necessary to spend time with the one you love. I think that's very important too, because that's what we're doing when we pray, aren't we? We're spending time with the person that we love, and that's God. And it's developing that relationship with him. So I just think that these points are beautiful. I want to thank the author of this article from Integrated Catholic Life, which is, again, his name is Deacon Michael Bickerstaff, uh, Six Keys to Fully Surrender to Christ. Let me read what those are again, Bill. Um, they are number one is to meet the Lord in sacred, sacred scripture. Two is to imitate the Lord in his humility. Three is to imitate his service. Four is be not afraid. Five is know yourself. And six is uniting to Christ in prayer and sacrament. Bill, did you have anything else you wanted to add on those points? <laughs> no, I think we covered them all really well, Ann. And uh, I look forward to the remainder of this series with you. It's going to be a lot of fun. And um, so I encourage people uh, to stay tuned over the next, uh, I guess, nine more weeks now, or nine more episodes, I should say. Um, so it's been wonderful uh, to be with you all tonight. And uh, may God bless you and your families, Anne. Thank you so much for, for being here as well. Thank you, Bill. It's been great. So like Bill said, this is just the first one in the series. Tonight was on the first way to grow in faith is to surrender to Christ. So listen to this episode again, share it with your friends, and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Patch or Heart Ministry. Bill, thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Anna. And as always, friends, uh, thank you for beating to your Catholic heart and keep sowing hope into those broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast, and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.